Hey, hey everyone. Welcome to Home Energy Design. How to design a beautiful home and life and make sure it's energy aligned. I'm your host, Amanda Gates, and I'm an interior designer and feng shui practitioner. And these combined skills have made me a floor plan reading expert. Energy design is like astrology for your home and your life. And who doesn't want more of that? I believe in all things pretty. In fact, my team and I love the pretty. But what makes my firm different is that we can help you create designs that are also energy aligned to help you get the home and life you've always dreamed of. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, hey everyone, welcome to Home Energy Design. I'm your host, Amanda Gates, and today I have on Jessica McNaughton from Kara Green. Now, as many of you know, I'm a huge environmentalist, and I talked about uh, on the show last week with Dr. Madi Mason how I was going to make the entire month of April all about being green. And Kara Green, Jessica was not even on my radar, but after receiving an email, just this random, I guess it was like a PR thing uh, from Kara Green, they were talking about this new product called their wool insulation. And I needed to know more about this because I had never heard about this. And since I'm an interior designer and I'm in homes a lot, these are the types of products that I like to know about because this allows me to have options for my clients. So one of the things that's really great is that today in the show, Jessica talks about whether you're building, remodeling, or just doing one room, these are things that you can consider. So, you know... I think that's a really big thing to consider. If you're just adding on, maybe you're just doing one room, like she mentions the baby's nursery, you can do something like an eco product, like wool insulation, just on the nursery. So it doesn't have to be like an all or nothing game, right? I talk about that a lot. If you've gotten my book, Easy Everyday Habits to Be More Eco-Friendly, I talk a lot about how it's not an all or nothing game. So Kara Green really helps you to make those eco-conscious decisions that are good for the planet, but also your health and well-being. And they just kind of make you conscious of the everyday decisions that you're making. They carry a lot of different products, which we talk about in the show today, but I think these are such important things to consider because if you are a homeowner or you're about to build or you're about to remodel something, you can take these actions, whether you use, you know, eco-friendly paint or eco-friendly flooring or eco-friendly insulation, these are all conscious decisions to be green and be healthier doing it. So as I mentioned last week, we're making this entire month all about eco and I just want to introduce you to things maybe you haven't considered, products you haven't considered. And even if you're living in an apartment and this isn't something that you've thought about, it still brings awareness for you to celebrate all things Earth, upcoming Earth Day, and hopefully inspire you to start taking small steps to being more eco-friendly in your everyday habits, like using products from Kara Green. They have a whole bunch, so you can go over to their website and check them out. 
But if nothing else, as you listen to this, we even get into the topic of the difference between eco-friendly and sustainability and this idea of greenwashing. So if you're kind of dipping your toe into this green stuff, or maybe you haven't even gone there because it's so overwhelming, we also go over some of the definitions and the terms that get kind of thrown around. And I think as uh, manufacturers have started to realize that this is a profit-driven industry, they're getting a little loose with their terms. So we talk about that too. Also, I want to remind you that the Gates team is encouraging all of you who are listening this month to send in your stories about how you are being green. I don't care if they're big or small. We've already gotten several emails in talking about, you know, reusing your produce bags, reusing uh, shopping bags, uh, ways that you're, you know, making the extra effort to take your recycling. Like some places don't pick up recycling. So we've been getting emails about how people are literally having to put their recycling in their car and drive someplace. So yay for you for taking the extra effort and like getting out there and doing it. That's awesome. And even if you've got some haphazard stories, I want to hear about those too, because those make us laugh out loud. And I think it's really great to know that, you know, we're not all perfect in doing this. And, you know, no, you're not going to get a gold star for doing this, but you are helping the planet. And I think it's really great to hear um, how everything isn't always so perfect, because sometimes when you make mistakes, when you're, you know, dipping your toe into something, you're like, oh my God, how could I have done this? And then, you know, you find out somebody else is making mistakes too, which kind of makes the journey a little bit easier. Am I right? Um, let's see. What else? I will be traveling to Washington, D.C. and Sterling, Virginia next week. So if you're in the area, would like to meet up with Chris Alexandria and me, you can just give us a shout here at the Gates Company. Um, let's chat at thegatescompany.com. Let us know. We're um, considering putting together a small meetup. We've had a couple of people email us about this. So if you're interested in learning more, just email us. And then I'll be in Studio City, California. After that, I've got um, some time out there. I will be with the Woo Crew, Megan Hayes, and also Sharita Starr. So if you are interested in either working with me to do um, feng shui in your home or to do, uh, we're going to be putting together like a gathering, a meetup workshop. If you're interested in learning more about that, if you're in that area, just email me and we're working on putting that together. We don't have anything um, completely solidified. Um, we are a bunch of hippies over here, so don't expect us to be totally structured. You know, we'll figure it out. We're just flowing with it. Uh, and then here in Nashville, I've got a couple of workshops. I'll be doing a workshop here in Franklin, Tennessee. It's going to be a just a one-day workshop on how to remove negative energy from your home. It's the perfect time because it's spring. So I like to uh, teach this class all around, you know, kind of the idea of spring cleaning, but instead we're going to be uh, getting into the deeper stuff like energy. I'll teach you how to cultivate your own chi, the principles of chi, and how it can change your mood and overall well-being, and how to see and determine where energy blocks are likely showing up in your home and affecting you and your health. And then finally, I'll teach how to wield energy in a powerful way so that you can become an energy ninja for dramatic energy shifts in your life. You can go on over to my website now and there's already a button up if you'd like to sign up and get going on that.
And then May 19th, I will be doing by myself a two-hour workshop at Half Moon Yoga in Franklin, Tennessee on the top five disruptors and how you can learn uh, to start reading your own floor plan like a pro. So if those are things that you're interested in, just reach out to us to get more information. Alrighty, today I am going to be talking to Jessica about what exactly Kara Green is what eco-friendly means, what spaces need to be truly healthy, and how to avoid this idea of greenwashing and other tactics to grab your dollars for products that might not exactly be green. We'll get into all that today. All right, everyone, let's get started. Thanks, Amanda. Thanks for having me on. Did I pronounce your name correctly? Yep, Jessica McNaughton. Never, <laughs> never changed it, much to my husband's chagrin, but... Uh... <laughs> I always forget to ask that before I have the guests on. I always know their first name, and I'm like, oh, shoot, I probably should have asked about that last name. Um, I don't know who I received an email from, but I think it was a press release about Kara Green. Yep. And uh, it was regarding your sustainable wool that you use for um, insulation. Yes. And... Uh, we are, the Gates team is, we're huge environmentalists and, and I actually wrote a book uh, beginning of last year, Easy Everyday Habits to be more eco-friendly. And so I love this idea of the wool and the insulation. And, and as I did more research, I found that you guys do a lot more. So why yes. don't you start off by just explaining to the audience what Kara Green is? Yes. So Kara Green is a building material supplier. Um, we're a distributor of a lot of different um, products and they all have, a, all have a great sustainable backstory. So we really look for products that either have a great story but don't have a very clear path to market or maybe they don't have the sales and marketing resource to get to market the most effective way. And Kara Green is a great option for them. So we not only sell and distribute the products, we really actively promote and sell them in our territory. And we do that by looking at trends and sustainability and really making sure that our products and our marketing and sales efforts are aligned with those trends. Awesome. And, you know, I'm, I'm very familiar with a lot of your lingo and, and because I, you know, I've been an environmentalist for so many years, but in case somebody um, is just finding the podcast or maybe new to this idea of being green, one of the things that I loved is your mission statement. It says to increase sustainable building products and create healthier spaces while reducing our carbon footprint. So explain to the audience what exactly a sustainable product is, because I think that can get a little fuzzy if you're not educated, and also what the hell is a carbon footprint? Yes. So, um, I, I like um, the fact that you're, you know, kind of attentive to some of this terminology being assumed because I, I understand that we have a podcast that we do called Build Green, Live Green, and we're constantly being prompted by the people recording to kind of explain some of these things. So I appreciate you kind of taking the time out to do that. Um, sust a sustainable product really, it goes back to that story, you know, kind of the genesis of the product and, and you know, what are the attributes of it that make it sustainable? Sustainable really means, um, you know, not environmentally depriving. So it's not really depleting a lot of natural resources or it's recycled or it's reclaimed or in some way it's making a positive contribution 
So um, in the case of the insulation that you talked about, that's wool, which is from sheep, and it's an alternative to fiberglass, which is toxic, and you know, it's essentially, a, it's a carcinogen. Um, so sustainable products are more environmentally savvy options than traditional building materials. So a product like paper stone countertops that we make, that's a great alternate, alternative to granite, which is mined from the earth. It's a finite resource. Paper stone is this completely solid stone-like material made out of recycled paper. So products like that um, are considered sustainable. Another great example is a product we carry called Lapitec. It's a surfacing product that kills E. coli and staph on its surface, so it's great for healthcare, but it also breaks down pollution. So it behaves like a tree. So you can clad a material in lap, you can clad a building in Lapitec material in an urban setting, and it will behave like a forest and break down pollution. So some really great products that have a positive contribution. That's what I would consider a sustainable building material. And, and then in yeah, the second part of your question, footprint. what's that? And explain to the audience this idea of, because I don't think a lot of people, we hear the word a lot. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, we get thrown these words, but explain uh, this idea of a carbon footprint and, and how uh, paying attention, like for example, I think this would be great as a segue. I was at the grocery store the other day and I picked up a fruit and it was from China. Mm -hmm. And I thought, this is not a happy carbon footprint. Right. <laughs> right. China. So explain to the audience what a carbon footprint is. Right. So I think we often, you know, the grocery store is a great example where you're, there's your there's your apple and it's instant gratification. I needed an apple and I got an apple. But carbon footprint is really thinking about where did that material come from and how much energy did it take to get it there? How much energy was used in the creation of that material? And then you have to add in the transportation costs, maybe finishing costs or you know, trans transloading costs. If it goes from, it came in on a train and it gets put on a truck, truck to your site, and then you have to drive to go pick it up. So all in all, you're looking at the amount of carbon that's generated in getting that apple into, you know, the grocery store. So every product, every material has a carbon footprint. And what you really want to think about is trying to limit the size of that carbon footprint. So um, a great example um, is, uh, as you were, you know, you're talking about going you know, to the grocery store, for example, um, I can limit you know, my carbon footprint by, you know, doing all of my grocery shopping at one place, just because they don't have mint at one grocery store. I don't drive three miles across town to another grocery store because I really want a mojito, you know, so just kind of limiting your own carbon footprint, but being intelligent about the materials that you choose and try to choose ones that have a lower carbon footprint. And there's a lot of bodies out there that will actually measure the carbon footprint of materials. And ideally, everything should have a little nutrition label on it that says, here's my carbon footprint. It's a bit utopian, but there are bodies that are out there working to create labels like that. I think that's a brilliant idea. I know that uh, Whole Foods is starting to come together with a, a numbering system. I'm not sure entirely what all it is including, but um, I think it's uh, towards the sustainable notion of trying to reduce, and I think more than anything, just educate people on the fact that that apple traveled 3,000 miles to get to them uh, yeah. as opposed to eating something that's in season or maybe from the farm down the road. Exactly. Um, and that's why you see so much encouragement of um, 
local, you know, buy local, shop local. You know, it's, yes, it helps the economy, but it's just a much smarter from a carbon footprint standpoint as well. So what I, what I did is I, I put uh, some questions up on Facebook because I knew that I was having you come on. And I thought this was a great question um, because, again, I can see where if somebody is not in this world a lot, how the buzzwords can get very misconstrued and misunderstand. And, and one of the gals asked, what the hell is the difference between eco-friendly and sustainable? So I'm curious yeah. what your answer is. <laughs> it's, 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 you know, it's, it's a great question. And what happened was when this environmental push happened, everyone came out and they were green, I'm green, I'm green. And then everyone got bored with green and they said, well, we need another word. Hey, how about eco-friendly? Eco-friendly, eco-friendly, eco-friendly. And then all of a sudden they got bored with that. Now it's on to sustainable. I don't know what's next. We sometimes say environmentally savvy, but at the end of the day, um, it essentially is used the same way. The actual definitions of the word are different. So eco-friendly is kind of like, you know, friendly to the environment or less harmful to the environment in some way. Whereas sustainability is actually more of a, it's more of a complete concept, right? If something was completely self-sustainable, like there's buildings out there that um, there's a standard called the living building challenge. It's completely sustainable, meaning that it's self-sustaining. So I think that was the intention of sustainable was that it was something that could honestly like almost self-regulate and self be self-contained. Um, but today it's used interchangeably with what the word green used to be used for. Yeah. And I, I, that brings me to my next question. I think that again, if you're not uh, a savvy buyer, you know, I have an interior design background and so, um, and I'm also an advanced feng shui practitioner. So being an environmentalist is incredibly mm -hmm. important to me. And, and, you know, I have the ability to help people choose healthier products and sustainable products. And what I have found in the building industry is there's a lot of greenwashing to get consumers to buy their product. So, yeah. uh, and I, I feel like it confuses them. So explain to the audience what exactly greenwashing is and how a consumer, like with your products and what you do, how can a consumer find authentic products like what you carry, you know, and just really be confident that, okay, they're actually doing what they say that they're doing. Yeah. So there's, there's a, there's a, a lot, a lot in that. Um, and, and so I'll try to answer it the best I can. Greenwashing is making claims about your product that are either not true or are misleading. And greenwashing was really enabled by a lot of certification bodies out there. They would give these certifications called green seal or, you know, green guard, or, you know, there's different certifications that had green in them that made it seem like your product was healthy when all it was in fact was a pay-to-play labeling system that would give you this label that said green something on it. Um, that was really misleading and that led to a lot of people um, making claims that were just sounded good. The other part of greenwashing is, you know, with the lead building standard that came out, a lot of people represented their products in a very uneducated way. It's a very complicated standard. I'm a lead AP. Um, I got the certification and I struggle to understand it, but a lot of people that didn't even go through the learning, they make claims about their products that just aren't true. So, so much misinformation was out there. It led to this greenwashing, which is having people believe that something is healthy for them when in fact it isn't. At Caregreen, part of our vetting process for all of our products is to make sure that those claims are substantiated and to also push these products further so that they can meet new requirements that do come out. So, um, you know, I can say with confidence that our products 
meet the claims that we make about them. I can also tell you there is no perfect product out there. If you want something that's made in the USA that looks like stone, that's ice stone. It's recycled glass. Um, but, you know, if you want, um, you know, recycled paper, you know, that, that's paper stone. If you don't like the idea of, you, you know, of shearing sheep, you think that that's inhumane, you're not going to like Havelock wool. It's incredibly humane. It's the most natural uh, product that you can get. But nothing is perfect. Everything has a characteristic or two that make it, you know, not, not perfect. If we had the perfect building materials, we wouldn't be having this call. Yeah, and I would say, I would just add to that, I think just simply being aware and conscientious of your consumeristic patterns and habits, uh, it's one of the reasons that I wrote the book is that I feel like what I get a lot from my clients is they're just so overwhelmed and they don't know where to start and so they don't do anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I think that just the simple awareness, even if you can do just one thing, whatever that mm -hmm. is, just do one thing uh, I find that it will typically lead to one more thing it may take you six months but you know you'll get to that next thing and the next thing and then before you know it you're an environmentalist yeah I mean I will tell you I have three kids eight seven and five and my eight-year-old he picks up garbage when we walk anywhere he he always asks don't give me a straw I don't need a lid on my cup you know he's really aware and it's great to see just that at that young age, having that awareness. Um, one, of the, one of the things I find when people design spaces or create spaces with an environmental bent or an environmental mindset is they do all this great stuff behind the scenes and they forget the finishes, which is where we come in, where you've done all this great stuff to show that you're environmentally savvy, but it's behind the walls, it's on the roof, you know, it's in the HVAC system, but you don't have that paper stone countertop that you can touch and say, this is made out of recycled paper. You don't have those elements in the finished space that allow you to tell the story in a way that's tangible and tactile. And so that's really where I think Kara Green does a good job in letting you put that ribbon on your project and show people that you really, you know, have, have spent that time and that energy and that thought into being environmentally savvy. I love it. Um, one of the things that I wanted to ask you, this is more for, you know, like I said, the interior designer in me, um, I know how I answer this question, but one of the things that I think is so important about uh, eco-friendly and sustainable products is the sheer health factor. Uh, mm -hmm. You mentioned fiberglass uh, being in our insulation and how unhealthy it is as yeah. opposed to using something natural like wool. Why do our spaces need to be healthy? Why? Why, why do people not pay attention to the toxic factor of building products? Yeah, I mean, I think like I, I mentioned, you know, a lot, of this, a lot of this is behind the walls. We put a coat of paint up and we're oblivious to what's there. It's kind of like the, the landfill and garbage problem in our lives. We can't see it, so it's out of sight, out of mind. Um, but these are, these are things that are persistent in your body. They accumulate. Um, so they're, you know, they're not good for you. There's tests that have been done that, pro that have proven that some of these chemicals and these elements build up and they're just not good for you. So having products like the Havelock wool, which actively filters the air, it purifies the air. Ha wool permanently sequesters formaldehyde. Its wool fiber is such a structure um, that it actually acts like an air purifier behind your walls. So, 
you know, people don't think about that stuff. And yes, it costs a little bit more money, but one of my marketing um, director, she's pregnant. She's having her second little girl. She wrapped the nursery walls in Havelock wool because she cares about the well-being of you know her her daughter and we got to look at our carpets and the amount of glues and adhesives and sealants that we put in all our materials and you know it's better to have a material that doesn't need to be sealed than to put some toxic chemical on on top because you don't want your granite to fade over time or something like that or you know etch or get damaged so um you know I just think that we're oblivious to it because it's not in our face all the time but it there's a lot of tests that show that these things are not good for you. There's a red list, there's a, a list of um, chemicals, red list, and, it, and really you wanna make sure that any products that you're using are red list free. And that's only been in the last two to three years that manufacturers are starting to really pay attention to that. Yeah, and I think that that's such a key factor. Um, one thing that I hear a lot is that uh, it's kind of like the new car smell. It's like, oh, my house has the new house smell. And it's like, oh, that's yes. not good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's called off-gassing. <laughs> yeah, that's off-gassing. And, yes. you know, th that brings me to that question is, you know, uh, building products, uh, when they are new, I deal with this a lot with furnishings because furnishings mm -hmm. off-gas, paint yeah. off-gasses, carpet off-gasses. Explain to the audience what off-gassing is and, and why using a product like uh, wool as insulation doesn't have off-gassing. Right. So when you have new, a lot of materials are made to order or made relatively quickly. So you're going to have a lot of chemicals used in the production process just to begin with. So if you actually follow the manufacturer's recommendations, they generally will have a almost like a, an air out period. Or if it's a big building, they'll have a flush out period where you have to flush out, out recirculate the air or, you know, push that volume of air through it to get rid of all those chemicals that you know, that start to come out of the material once it's installed. Um, so that's what off-gassing is. It's, it's those chemicals and glues and everything that are emitting into the air after something that's new is newly installed. You mentioned the new car smell. Same thing, right off the line, it's going to smell like that. So, um, you know, it's just, it's important to follow the manufacturer's recommendations um, and flush that stuff out. And ideally, you have material that doesn't off-gas. I mean, People call us all the time and ask us for samples of our materials because they want to take them and smell them. And I've had people order our insulation, put it under their pillow. If they're chemically sensitive, they don't want fiberglass. They can't, they literally cannot have fiberglass. Your air is circulating all through your house. You don't want fiberglass particles lodging in your lungs or, you know, especially for chemically sensitive people. And a lot of, a lot of uh, fiberglass has had formaldehyde. You can just now in the last, you know, five years or so get formaldehyde free fiberglass, but it doesn't change the fact that fiberglass has been classified as a carcinogen. So wool is a sheep. Sheep don't mold. You've never seen a moldy sheep running around the New Zealand countryside. There's plenty of sheep. There's more sheep than people in New Zealand. And that's where um, this wool insulation comes from. And it's, it's made here in the US. Um, but you know, it doesn't harm the sheep. They need to be sheared. It's a natural process. Um, but you, you know, using that wool insulation in the walls is the ultimate example of biomimicry. And biomimicry is using nature, taking cues from nature to make our to make things better. And in the built environment, I think there needs to be a lot more biomimicry where we look at what $4 billion of time and evolution has led to and find products like wool insulation that are much better as an insulator, but are also a natural product and just get back to basics. Amen. 
<laughs> I could feel the fire in your belly coming up. Uh, what I'm curious about is if somebody's listening to this right now and they're like, holy shit, this is amazing. Paper countertops and wool insulation and all of these building products. Can they go to you directly and get these products or do they have to work with someone like me or a contractor to get to them? Um, I mean, they can find out all the information and ask any questions they want at um, the website, www.caragreen.com um, or on Instagram at Caragreen Products. Um, we have really good information there and a lot of your questions can get answered just on the website. But if you don't go to caregreen.com um, and you wanted to work with a contractor, they would find us. Um, we work really closely to make sure that people are getting what they need and whoever they want their person to be, um, you know, work with the person that works best for you and we'll just make sure we get the best products into your hands. Awesome. And I think you pretty much just said it with the Caregreen website, but um, as just kind of a final note, what are some things that you recommend for someone who's just starting out who really does want to embrace this idea of maybe they're about to build a new home or maybe they are about to do a massive remodel and they want to include some of these green type products? What are some recommendations that you would have for them? Yeah, I would say if you're a DIY person and you want to do it yourself, paper stone is one of the only countertop materials that you can, that's going to hold up like stone that you can actually cut yourself. So it's kind of a DIY remodeler's dream and it's a very nice warm feel to it. Um, so it's a perfect organic countertop if you're looking for something like that. Havelock wool is fantastic because it's not an all or nothing, right? If you can't afford to do your house in all wool insulation, any area that you do with the wool insulation will still perform that purification function. So some is better than none. So don't think it's an all or nothing thing, not for any of these materials. We're constantly willing to work with people on, hey, you only need a 24 by 36 inch piece. Just call me and see if I have it. We want to make sure that you're able to use what you need. I don't want to send you a five by 12 sheet of something when you don't need all that material and it's just going to go to waste. So we work with remodelers and, and people all the time to make sure that, you know, we can find something that works in their budget that gives them that element of sustainability that they really desire. I'm curious, uh, as far as products, if they are doing a remodel or a, a new build, what are your top three suggestions for them to put into their home? I think the wool's a great one. Yeah, the wool's a great one. I think that um, paper stone is a great one as well. And I think, honestly, Lapitec, which is sintered stone, which is the next big surfacing material, um, it's health performance, it's durability, and it is just super modern. And if you can fit that into your project, you will be the talk of the town. So Mrs. Jones will um, have kitchen envy for years to come. Oh, I love it. Well, those are all of the questions that I have for today. Great. I really wanted to um, make it a little bit more lighter and educational for people. Yeah. So that they can get an idea of who you are and what you do and how they can start incorporating those products uh, into their new build, remodel, whatever it is that they're working on. I love the idea of just doing it in a nursery too. What a great yeah. tip. Yep, exactly. You know, especially for kids. Um, I think we often forget, you know, those little lungs are brand new and, and um, they're going to be sensitive. So yeah, really exactly. take those things into consideration. Yeah. Um, one more time, Jessica, if people are interested in finding out more about you or yep. what your company does, where can they go? Yep, you can um, go to caragreen.com, C-A-R-A-G-R-E-N.com, um, or listen to our podcast, Build Green, Live Green, or you can follow us on Instagram at caragreenproducts. 
Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you, Amanda. It's been great. I can't thank Jessica enough for taking the time for me today to answer my questions about being green. It's important to me to get this information to you guys so that you can become better stewards of our planet and understand why this matters. I actually was just gifted uh, a fantastic meme. A girlfriend emailed me a funny, a, a comic strip, and it says, what do you think our most renewable, powerful resource is? And the girl replies, denial. <laughs> and I think that's the biggest problem is that a lot of people get really overwhelmed with being green and they get overwhelmed with this whole idea of sustainability because they don't know where to start and it seems like it's very inconvenient. And so rather than doing anything, most people do nothing. So I don't care if the one thing that you do today is just simply turn down a straw when you go to a restaurant or maybe take a reusable bag to the grocery store, or uh, maybe you have to make a quick run into Target. Just bring a renewable, reusable bag with you. It can be that simple. And here's the thing, as those things start to add up, if you and maybe three other people are doing that, and before you know it, we have 20 people doing that, that matters and that starts to add up. I think what's really important and what I'm trying to say with all of this for the entire month of April is that your actions, your everyday little tiny actions matter. In my book, Easy Everyday Habits to Be More Eco-Friendly, I shared a great example in chapter eight about the bag that you may receive at this particular, I did a specific on Chipotle, but this could really be for any restaurant that you go to or any place. The average Chipotle, gets 500 customers a day. If we could convince even a quarter of those customers, which is a pretty conservative number, but let's say we could get a quarter of those customers to decline that extra bag that gets all their food. Like when you order takeout from them, they put everything into a paper bag, right? Maybe you bring in your own bag to set your burrito and your chips and that sort of thing. If we could get a quarter of those people to do that, we would save 875 bags in one week's time from going into the trash. And here's the really big part. On a grander scale, we would save 3,500 bags a month and over 42,000 bags a year. And let's not forget, we are talking one Chipotle store. Now imagine if all across the U.S. we could get everybody to partake in this one easy, eco-friendly habit. We could really start a movement. And that is why I am taking the month of April to do this. I want each and every one of you to think about the easy everyday habits that you can incorporate today that combined with others doing it make a global impact. All right, everyone, I hope that you have enjoyed this show today. My name is Amanda Gates, and if you like the show, be sure to head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. 
You can also email us at let's chat at the Gates Company if you're interested in where I will be, any workshops I'm doing, or perhaps you're interested in doing a floor plan reading. And if you'd like more information, you can also head on over to our website at gatesinteriordesign.com. All right, everyone, trust the vibe because the energy never lies.